Welcome to episode 180 of The Endless Stream. I'm Aiden, and this week I am joined by Kevin. I'm back in Ireland, so this podcast should start getting more regular and more stable. Each week we take some of the end of stream of content brought to you through Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, YouTube, Spotify, wherever you get your content, we take a chunk of it, we watch it, and we talk about it. This week, Kevin and I are talking about The Flash, we're talking about Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, and we're talking about any and all random things that we watched on Netflix, YouTube, Spotify, Hulu, wherever you get your content, we take a chunk of it, we watch it, and we talk about it. I stayed up late watching The Witcher, and then forgot to talk about The Witcher. Head over to Spotify, head over to iTunes, like, subscribe, rate, review, all of those good things really help us out. On top of that, you can head to Instagram, at The Endless Cast, where we put up artwork and clips to go with each week's episode. And that's a great place to send us a message. Tell us if you agree, tell us if you disagree, suggest something for us to watch, chat to us over there. You can also send us an email at theendlesscast at gmail.com. All of that being said, let's get into the episode. The boys are back in town. The boys are back in town. The boys are back in the town. The boys are back in town. town. Aiden, welcome back. How's it going? To town. My monitor's broken. Your monitor's broken. I came but, back uh, and my monitor's broken. How how does that make you feel? Fine. Indicative of your life in Ireland? Basically. Back to the broken trash heap that was once your life <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't think you'd break down this quickly uh, good to have you back I turned on my computer for the first time this morning and uh, so sad. a cat knocked something off a shelf I assume it was a cat I came in and something was off the shelf um, assume it was a cat and no uh, it's a nice big white crack down one of these monitors um, it's not the end of the world I'm just going to dwell on it Thank God you have you still have your Argos warranty. Did Argos leave the country? They're gone. Oh shit! I was like, <laughs> I was like, why is he saying? Oh yeah, they're gone. Well, that's all right. Look what I found when I was cleaning. I found my my GameStop card. GameStop card. So wow. I can use the money I've got on this to walk into GameStop and buy something, right? Y- yeah, I think GameStop is still here. Are they gone? I didn't know they were gone. Gone. I thought they were shutting down. They're gone. They're gone, I think. Okay, fair. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a different world since you left, actually. Is it? There's been a lot of change. Yeah, man. Argus is gone. GameStop is gone. HMV reopened. Did they? Yeah. Interesting. Isn't that mad? Remember, remember the big, massive HMV on Grafton Street? That place was heaven. I think they're back on more. No, that, that turned into something else, right? The new HMV is on... Is it Henry Street? Uh, Henry Maybe. Street. Maybe. I'm not sure. Yeah. I loved I loved that HMV. Oh, on Grafton Street, it was yeah. so good. My some of my favorite places in Dublin was HMV on Grafton Street, mm-hmm. Tower Records above Easton's on O'Connell Street, mm-hmm. and was it Laser? Say the third. Oh, Laser was amazing. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about Laser uh, there for a minute. Laser was savage. Why? What's what? What third would you have? Keys. Virgin Megastores. Virgin Megastore. Well, I obviously never went there, but he, that, 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 is that, how long has that been gone? Oh, I don't know. It's the big super value there now. See, I think that was always super value when I was in Dublin. Oh, okay. No, that was great. The Virgin Megastore was just, again, actually, that was the biggest one. And you'd go upstairs and it was a video game. So I remember walking in to that and seeing an Xbox for the first time and playing Halo. Um, wow. 
uh, it was awesome. You know, I came in from oh, so it's 2007, I think, uh, and became Zavi, but, but Zavi wasn't there. I don't know how HMV became Zavi. I don't know. Sure, some, some sales things, but uh, but no, but that very mega store might have closed in 2006, 2007. Right, and that's when you arrived, was it? I I moved up in September 2000 and September 2006. Right. August, September 2006. So, uh, so that would tell you kind of like, yeah, that, that's why that's not a, as much of the core memory. Uh, there was a, it was a, um, obviously, Subsidy and the comic book shops is a huge thing for me as well. Yeah. And third place when for coming from the country and having none of it. But, uh, but no, HMV, uh, Laser and Tower Records are great. Yeah, I'll be in town later today, so I'm I'm gonna be having a little walk around. I know that the central bank thing opened up. Yep, Krispy uh, Kreme is there. I want to have a look, but like Krispy Kreme was there when I left. Was it? Yeah. So what's there now? I guess is the. I don't know. Go check it out yourself. All right. I'm not your. I don't know. Um, can you talk at all about the setting up of the new location? Uh, we have. We are getting inching closer and closer to opening up our second double link studio. Uh, it is very, very city center, and we're we're kind of the builders and the decorators are nearly finished. So then we'll start moving stuff in in the next week or so. Uh, I think Norby has uh, some family visiting for a week with, between now and say the end of the month, so that might delay things. But like you know, kind of rightly so, the man needs to have time with his family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I told him kind of I even said like well, maybe just cut that part but uh, it's just like yeah I even told him like uh, that might delay things but I told him like that's that you have to like you know once you open the shop the shop's open dude just mm-hmm. fucking spend time with your kid but I uh, cut that little bit out yeah. but uh, yes so uh, so yeah uh, I think we're going to we're looking to open I think like well, by the end of the month I'd say early by the end of the month early August okay. realistically I think we were hoping to kind of open around this time well you were but that's part of why I'm asking is like I'm is the bag of cats show happening there or in the old venue? I'd say, but just assume it's going to happen in the old shop. Okay, all right. Just assume, just assume. I, I, I've told Norby that as well. Kind of like we can have it in either or, but I'd say safely just assume it's going to happen in the old shop. Okay. Um, Good. just because it's just easier not to put more pressure on that scenario. Okay, but if, like if we get close there, like I'd be picking up the chairs and stuff the day before, you know. So that's the twenty eighth. So I guess let me yeah. know a little closer. As to where I'm bringing oh, yeah. chairs. Yeah, but I, like I said, assume it's the, yeah. it's the old shop, for sure. Even even if the new shop is up and functional, it might just be the old shop. I have I have plans for the old shop, but we'll talk about that again another time. I probably mentioned about it before. I don't know. I probably didn't. I'm not going to say it. And then I've started to work in my own house as well. Mm. And do you mean uh, p- paint, paint or decorating type of stuff, is it? or Paint and decorating and a bit of deconstruction and construction, I guess, you know. Um, I will have to do a few bits and pieces. Uh, I moved two beds. Uh, you've been in my house. Mm-hmm. You've seen the landing upstairs in the hallway and how small it is. Yeah. Uh, I I moved two beds, a double bed and a single bed, in and out of those rooms and swapped swapped beds for in, in the different rooms. And uh, it was incredibly difficult. Oh, it was incredibly God. difficult. Uh, I'm a big believer in doing jobs and getting the jobs done, but I, I feel like having the right tools is is essential. And Emer and I lack the tools to do these things now. We're after getting a bunch of them off for Dad uh, today, so that will make things a lot easier. He has all he has you know tons of tools and he's not using them, so uh, we have them for 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 a few bits and pieces. 
Very good, very good. But um, yeah, you'll have to come out and check it out mm. again. It's been a while. Yeah. Uh, you can try and fix my boiler. I spent. <laughs> uh, I spent. Oh yeah, you were painting. Oh yeah, uh, like before I left Chicago, Chris and I painted his his living room. So that was two days of shout out to Chris painting. Shout out to Chris. Chris, hi Chris. Chris listens. Um, uh, so that was that was. I, I nearly said fun. Um, it was great when it was done. Um, it was work, uh, and I was tired and sore after, but it was great. Um, the place looked. What color? What colors did you paint it? White. From what color? White. White to white. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. It was, you, it, you can repaint things. It was a freshen up, you know. Yeah, um, that's what I mean. Yeah, it's and, fine. And it's a, it's a slightly brighter color. Um, I painted. I'm sure I said it. But I painted a kitchen. Are you seen the kitchen? Mm, that red kitchen. Yeah. I painted that white. Yeah. How many? That was tough. How many man. coats did it take? F- four yeah. walls and ceiling. Yeah. It was hard. Oof. Yeah. Never again. But go on. Sorry. No. Um. It was funny getting the getting the materials because, like, Chris again. You know, you go and you check what color paints. You know, you get a few samples of white and you do little test pots on the wall and see which ones you like in the light. Um, but when we were doing that, we were getting the tests at Home Depot. We were standing beside someone who was getting like nine or ten different uh, colors. And it, it was friendly and it was funny. And like, you know, she was there with her husband and two kids running around. She's like, we're painting our entire house. And she was like, I'm so stressed. We're doing so much. And we were like, yep, yeah, we're painting the walls white. And she was like looking at the samples and we had and was like kind of laughing at the idea that yeah. we had three shades of white to to <laughs> yes. look at yeah. but then was kind of going oh you're doing the right thing that's the way to do it actually look at it you know yeah take to consider it yeah because like having painted my own kitchen I realised that yeah is that exactly that you know yeah. there is there is different types of whites and what you want is uh, you know it matters yeah I got a little um, a little <laughs> Uh, spiky I was was being playfully a dickhead because she had just gone on about how they were repainting their entire house there were four of them and someone else living in a tiny whatever while it was going on and was stress 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 and then she started being sarcastic about us comparing our whites and I went yeah yeah well you know we're just gonna slap these test pots on the wall go for a drink go to a movie get up tomorrow do some painting then we're going to Six Flags then we'll do a bit more painting then we're going to go to this and that Mission Impossible have a few beers you know like I was was just like having having a a life outside your horrible family life yeah exactly Um, yes you're right but I do but but, uh, you know there is different types of whites man there's different types yeah no 100% we picked the third one it was great so uh, then I got on the plane I want to say yesterday, but today is Sunday, Sunday now, so I guess it was Friday. Um, checked in at half one on the plane by ten to four. Then they told us that there's something going on with the airspace near Boston or into Canada or something, so we had to sit in the plane for two hours before we could take off. But also that they needed to give the gate to someone else, so they needed to move the plane. So... Um, I would complain more about that, except I immediately fell asleep and woke up in the air. So, oh, great man! I can't. Uh, yeah, um, I can't complain I remember, too much. I remember being in Mercia in Spain and uh, uh, on a Ryan airplane trying to fly back to Ireland, and the exact same thing happened. Like, kind of, there was a fault in the plane with the air conditioning, so kind of that we couldn't take off. Did the wait and some other kind of stuff. You mm. know, we were waiting. For, I don't know how long, maybe an hour or two, but uh, it was like 
it was like 40 degrees inside oh. or outside there was no air conditioning That's in the plane the problem, yeah. they wouldn't they wouldn't let us off the plane uh people were fucking like sweating buckets and passing out and then they were like okay we can give you guys water but you have to pay for it when we take off and then everybody just fucking went mental there was almost gonna be a fucking riot like it was nuts people were just yeah. like You're, you can't hold me against my will i have to get off this plane that that's fucking crazy like i it was getting on i don't know 35 40 degrees well maybe i'm over exaggerating that but it was supposed to be 90 that day i don't know what that translates back to fahrenheit yeah i wouldn't have a clue um and i was like if it's going to be hot but no once they once they had the engines on the aircon was on um Did you see that video of the woman on the on the plane going like that guy is not real? There's something wrong with him. He's not real. No. Apparently, apparently, like kind of, I've seen it a few times that people are freaking out and trying to kind of talk about what happened and this and that. And I was just like, this is I like this is that, that person's having like a mental breakdown. This is really intense, mm. um, or they're experiencing some sort of um, you know, kind of like health issue. But uh, apparently, it might have been a uh, a viral or a you know viral campaign for secret invasion. Oh. Yeah, it was a secret invasion thing. It might have been viral marketing oh. for secret invasion because it's, it's it's. I think there's been one or two kind of like weird viral marketing stuff, but yeah, it's just a girl having a meltdown on a plane, having to be dragged off the plane. You know. Oh, well, it seems like a bad idea. I haven't watched the new. Are they on episode three or four? Four, I think now. Okay, I skipped the last two. I watched the last one. It's very short. It's like thirty-seven minutes long. I don't mind him doing like different, like oh, different no, time different episodes. Oh no, different is, is yeah. great, but like, I don't know. I just hadn't hadn't connected with it at last. I saw it. Like I heard you guys talking about um it on the last episode, um, but like you, you were, I, I like, I don't know. Scruff's Scruff's position seems very. Uh, agnostic on it I guess he's kind of flat on it he's like eh, it's fine it's going along and I'm just like it's actively bad <laughs> It it's yeah I like it but yeah um, but I think the, it's actively good yeah it's I've watched enough espionage stuff and I'm sure you have too where it's like mm-hmm. I see all of the tropes they're playing with I see all the scenes that they're touching off but I don't care and they feel like the discount version of you know Three Days of the Condor or All the President's Men or whatever you know whatever tropey espionage things they're doing it just feels heavy it's just or heavy handed or broad strokey that scene in the art gallery that you're talking about yeah yeah um, Skyfall yeah like straight from Skyfall, ah, yeah, and but like, Skyfall you know. did it better. And they're in a, an art gallery in public, and uh, the guy playing the villain Gravik is mm-hmm. yelling at Ben Mendelsohn's character Talos. Mm-hmm. As far as both of them know, at this point they're in public, and he's like full volume monologuing around a room. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? And then Fair. that scene is short to a point that it's pointless. Because then it cuts to them sitting down in the cafeteria. Cafeteria. Oh, the 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 
gallery restaurant. Oh, the cafe. cafe yeah, yeah, you want to call it. Yeah. Um, and then you know he has a little interaction with a waitress, just because banter is fun. But it's like you didn't need that at all. Um, it was it was like the scenes where Daniel Craig's Bond meets Q Ben Whishaw. My brain is slowly kicking in, and I'm remembering both names. I'm um, in Skyfall is them meeting in a public place quietly talking in front of art that like is actively yes I know I know the, I know the scene you're talking about yeah yeah and the art is actively like emblematic of the situation they're in which is kind of fun as well do you know what I mean like I think there's yeah. a point where they're sitting in front of a painting of an old warship being decommissioned and it's like you know Craig is this war horse that's beaten down and broken and unsupported um I, I just I see what they're doing I just don't like it I think it's I, I don't think they're doing it well and you know that I'm the guy on the fence about most things I'm like this is bad well let's not dwell too much on the negativity of things or uh, sure. on the badness of things uh, have you did you end up did you end up seeing the flash in the end I did um I think we spoke about it, or I spoke about it with Brian. Um, this, Maybe. this is what's happening when we're getting a little disjointed and not talking to each other. Um, yes. I had fun with it. The CG is horrible. Did I send Did I send that thing to you about the... Uh, it's like... Uh, yeah. Oh, what was it? Marvel or she, Marvel she DC Hulk? and then, uh, and then uh, Van Helsing 2003, like yeah. 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's funny. It's such a failure in art direction and CG. The Flash's yeah. costume, I hated the Flash's costume oh. in Justice League. And looking at the Flash's costume in The Flash, I'm like, yeah, but could he not look like he did in the Justice League? Cause I know, yeah, I, like, I said the oh, same thing. God, it's yeah. it's just... Yeah. I, I'm just... Um, Who would have taught Schneider's... Stockholm Syndrome into the fucking Snyder costume. Um, yeah, look, let's... let's uh, but okay, okay. Because it's it because it was practical. It was a practical armor. Yeah, thing no, it was that way better. Wear. That rubber costume was horrendous. Awful. And then his big horrendous. lollipop head on him, like just bizarre, bizarre, bizarre. Uh, there's no excuse for it when there's a, when it took that long for that movie to be released, and they obviously did loads of like yeah. As and I've seen people saying that like the um, the money they've made on it, if they had just released it on HBO Max they'd have saved money because they spent 250 marketing the fucking thing. Yeah, it's the biggest flop of any superhero movie or DC movie ever, I think. Yeah. Uh, whatever about any other franchise or corporation or company or whatever, DC have proven time and time again now because it's always their rallying cry. It's testing really well. Yeah, I know. It's testing amazingly. The studio's so surprised. Okay, yeah. you've done that for... Yeah, stop showing it to your friends you and families, you shitheads. You did that for Batman, yeah. Superman, you did that for... Yeah, Justice stop King. showing you it... did it for Aquaman. Yeah, Nathan, stop showing it to your friends and family. Stop showing it to your DC fanboys and stuff. They're going to gush over it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, it is what it is, like, you know? But, uh, yeah. It doesn't... No way, no. Doesn't Speaking doesn't make a lick of sense. No, no, it doesn't. Sure, look, but anyways, uh, speaking in DC news, we've had some more casting updates. Yeah, take us through it, Kev. So, Nathan Fillion, who is a friend of uh, James Gunn, mm-hmm. 
James Gunn being the new director of Superman Legacy. Mm. Uh, we recently had casting news that they had casted Clark Kent, Superman, and Lois Lane. Mm-hmm. Um, David, what's his, what's his name? Start with Nathan Fillion. Well, sorry, Nathan Fillion is going to be playing Guy Gardner, oh, the Green Lantern. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. Boo, Boo Burns. Yeah, he's he's playing. Um, he's going to be uh, playing Guy Gardner for sure. I was just sitting uh, here going. Oh, yeah, Fillion. They've been talking about him being Green Lantern forever. He's a bit old. But then I guess he could be Hal Jordan. Oh, yeah, he could be old Hal Jordan. Because Hal Jordan becomes Parallax. Yeah, that's great. It's perfect. And then you went, Guy Gardner. I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. Why yeah, won't they, they let that man be any of the people that he's like... Like, he could have been Nathan Drake in Uncharted if they just made the Uncharted movie fucking yeah. originally. Um, Firefly gets fucking cancelled. Um, the... He voiced Hal Jordan in the Green Lantern show. That's why I loads of that kind of stuff. Yeah, he was Hal Jordan, and now he's Guy Gardner. Like he, um, yeah, I don't know. The guy could have been uh, like a fun leading action star guy, and he's now primetime TV comedy cop. You know? Uh, yeah, I like. I like. I'm always going to like him if it's for him. And then you had uh, Bogar- Bogar- Guy Gar- Guy Gardner. He was like the uh, asshole lantern, right? Yeah. Look, I mean, here that if you watch weird... Guardians three, that's what he'll be doing. Okay, you saw Guardians three, right? I did. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Actually, I, I will be honest though. I rewatched. I rewatched Guardians, uh, and kind of. I liked it, but le- as like way less impactful than it was initially. Guardians three, yeah, big cinema, lots of music, yeah, um, popcorn. Yeah. But I enjoy it. Look, but look, but if that's the experience, mm. that's fine. Like I, 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 the op- I already rewatch these things. The opening is um, underwhelming. You know, like Adam Warlock just flying headfirst at you. Um, oh, I kind of liked all that stuff. I thought it was anyways, too silly. I don't, I don't know. Like, uh, so Isabel Merst uh, is being cast. She was Dora. Uh, she was in Dora in the Lost City of Gold. Right. Was she Dora? Uh, she looks like she could have played Dora. I didn't see that movie. Dora and the... Was that live action? Yeah. Yes, she was Dora. Okay. Um, So she's playing... I wonder, uh, She's playing uh, Hawker, but they don't know... I, I didn't think they specified which Hawker she's playing. I'm not familiar with Hawkgirl uh, or really Hawkman in any capacity. So I wouldn't know the different variations of them. And then, and uh, I apologize to Eddie before I butcher his surname. Mm. Uh, Eddie Gattegi? Gattegi? Spell it. G A T H E G I. G A T H. Gattegi. Gattegi? Gattegi? Well, basically, Eddie. Mm. Who we would we, we we would have seen like when I saw him I instantly recognized him as Darwin from X Men First Class. Oh, I see him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's really the only thing I can remember them from. Do we know who he's playing? Mister Terrific. Okay. You're aware, Mister Terrific? Yes. I am. Yeah. Yeah. So he's playing Mister Terrific. Um, mm. James Gunn. 
Okay. So, like, I, I look after after us. Oh, that guy was also in uh, the second um, Ghost Rider movie, which is kind of sad. I think Eddie Eddie Gatti. Uh, was he? Oh no, was it? Maybe he was. Wasn't. Well, he's been working. Like it's not just X Men First Class, you know. Oh no, no, he's like looking at their uh, IMBD basically. Like they're in loads of stuff I mm. love. Like uh, I ain't gonna say boo about that. They must have been in. Um, they must have been in Ghost Rider because they're in Crank, and I believe that was the same directors. Um, but uh, no, like they're kind of they're in they're in stuff for sure and good stuff. But uh, but but the one I recognized the most was Darren from X Men First Class. Right. And that, that was such a disappointing... Like, I feel that was a disappointing role for them as opposed to them not living up. You know, as in, like, yeah. kind of like... No, they that, were was just, a, that was a shitty moment. That character didn't need yeah. to die like that. It was the yeah. very um, stupid... Rub- yeah, rubbish. Uh, ...moment yeah. in the movie. Um, yeah. For what was a pretty decent movie. Uh, big news this week as well. Oh, look, okay, so that's, that's the DC kind of casting okay. stuff there. All right, so that's my... Okay, so we've got... We think that she's playing Hawk Girl, Hawk Woman, whatever she's, they're going to call her. Uh, she definitely is. Okay. Um, that's a tough character. Um, and I mean okay. that simply because we've seen Hawkman in uh, Black, Black Adam, Adam as well. And we've seen Hawk Girl and Hawkman in uh, uh, Legends of Tomorrow. I simply mean it's tough because that CG on those wings is... Mm-hmm a nightmare and can look goofy um, very easily and then the do you think Ben Foster looked goofy in X-Men The Last Stand I don't but I also think they didn't use him much no they didn't such a waste of an amazing actor yeah anyways. Um, and they kept them wings undercover most of the time shout out shout out to Ben Foster if you want to come on the podcast pal we shoot the breeze sure 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 if you're listening probably isn't probably is actually to be fair what time is it yeah he's probably listening no, oh, yeah, yeah. It's it's his podcast hour. Yep, yep, <laughs> yep. He scans the waves, but um, yeah. So I know what you're saying can look a little bit, like it can be a bit janky. How did you feel he looked? How did you feel Hawkman looked in Black Adam? Uh, bad. <laughs> Fair. I think everything in Black Adam looked terrible. I think. I think. Uh, I I like Doctor Fate in Black Adam. And I liked Hawkman. I think they were the only kind of uh, they were the only pluses for me in that movie. Everything else was incredibly weak. Yeah. Uh, and I, they're not they're not huge pluses, you know. Mm. I basically though like all the kind of banter and stuff they had kind of built up between Hawkman and Doctor Fate kind of felt like, you know, it's like if you can't build a history, just tell everybody. It's like you know your father was was in a fight in Clone Wars or whatever, and it's just like okay, that's cool. But then all of all of their relationship was alluding to their past, which mm-hmm. is just like, mm. does that make sense? Am I talking waffle? No, that makes sense. Um, I just can't remember it all that clearly because I, I watched that movie one time and was like, ugh, this sucks. Yeah, same, um, same. But I like, I do think they, you know, the the right phrase here or there did a good job of like, you know. Oh, it's been a long time, old friend, or I'll hand this over to you, or whatever. It's like I remember last time. Like there was enough of that yeah. to make me like them. Like I liked, I liked them exactly. I liked yeah. them. Yeah. But uh, his his wings were gold. He had all gold armor and stuff in it. His yeah. wings are a bit more mechanical. 
Yeah, it's it, part of the toughness of the Hawkman character as well is the, like, are they aliens from Thanagar or are they reincarnated um, uh, Egyptian uh, spirits that are seeking seeking each other's souls through history? The fact that uh, Caterhall and Karahal, is that the way they're named? They, do you remember this arc of it? Dude, what arc of what of the Hawkman character? So there's two versions. I so there's so two versions of like, Hawkman that have to be like kind of like meshed together in a way that yeah. worked. And it's like they're they were ancient Egyptian warriors that or or royalty that found alien asteroid steel and forged it into these wings that let them fly and oh, that's cool. due to the magical properties of it I'm trying to remember exactly the, the narrative yeah dude but when like, one I have... of them dies or when they both die their souls are reincarnated and they have to find each other to become and then they battle through history as hawk people and oh. so they've got this arc to them or they're aliens hmm. and I don't know if they've landed on one particularly. Like, DC's... Yeah, so what I'm trying to say definitely is, like, dude, I haven't a notion. Uh, I would know little to nothing about a, a good portion of some of DC's superheroes, you know? Um, because, you know, there was, like... I think, like, I know Marvel's definitely guilty, more guilty of it now in recent years than, say, DC and stuff. But I always feel with DC, like... Yeah, like you'd have you'd have like three or four Green Lanterns, you'd have three or four Hawkmen, you'd have three or four Hawk Girls, you'd have three or four, uh, you know, just like kind of like people picking up the mantles quite often, inter- interchange, you know. Yeah, I know Marvel's guilty of it. Don't get me wrong, I know they are too, and I think more recently than, you know, previously. But it was just like yeah, like even the the Flash, like I wouldn't have a notion of Wally West, Barry Allen. Uh, who's the other guy? Um, Barry Allen. No, is it Barry Allen, Wally Weston? Who's the original? Oh, Jay Garrick. Jay Garrick, yes. He's the guy with the the army hat and the... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I was just saying, like, I, I, I you know, I, I know Barry Allen the most out of all of them. Right. Then you have Reverse Flash and, you know, all these type of things. Yeah. Not a clue. Not a notion. Like, I wouldn't know much of DC's CB-tier superheroes. Well, you know, I would have known a lot about, like, Moon Knight and different people before. Yeah. Um, ow! Um, DC... Sorry, I just hit myself in the nut. Um, <laughs> That's <DC>, great. <laughs> you saw that live, did you? Yes, yes, but <laughs> it was also a great noise. <laughs> yeah, wow! <laughs> Hilarious. But go on, buddy, sorry. Uh, yeah, I mean, DC suffered from it a lot because it was a... Uh, DC's an amalgamation of a bunch of publishers. They they um, yeah. bought up smaller publishers as they went on and they had to fold yeah. characters into their world. Yeah, yeah um, I just pulled up the wiki. Carter Hall, ancient Egyptian prince, or reincarnation of Prince Khufu. Qatar Hall, K-A-T-R, uh, honored police officer from Thanagar and his wife Shayara using anti-gravity belts and their wings to fly. Uh, yeah, fair. Uh, and then there's a couple other ones, but it's like, that's the key. Those are the key where they were like, Carter Hall or Carter Hall, where they were trying to like relaunch it. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. Like, what did they land on in that Black Adam movie? Did they? Do we remember where they landed with him? Is that is he Iron Man and he made some armor, or is he? An but, uh, I can't remember, buddy. I'd be lying if I told you. Um. Yeah, so I, I'm curious what the fuck's going to happen. That Blue Beetle movie released a new trailer as well. That's still floating around. Um, I don't know if it's standalone enough that, like, there is a degree of like how much is James Gunn going to uh, ditch um, how much is James Gunn going to ditch because like Peacemaker's successful enough for him he likes Peacemaker that's solidly in yeah there. yeah but I'm just, I'm just kind of like uh, a bit bummed out that uh, Peacemaker is uh, coming out Ah, uh, just Superman Legacies Legacy which means you're not going to see Peacemaker season 2 to like 2005 2025 Right. Well, time will fly fast. We're we're rushing towards the grave at this point, with no uh, nothing to show for it. Well, um, well, yeah, in your case, yeah, for sure. But if you if you if you uh, if you open yourself up to new experiences like Chicago and other things, and like you know you're changing your job and all that kind of stuff, uh, that prolongs time. It makes your life feel longer. But I don't know if you want to do that. I'm, that's why I'm a man of routine. <laughs> Make those days blur together. So we heard that. What about I went I've to see had a, Asteroid City there last week. I've heard it's very self-indulgent. Uh, possibly one of Wes's more self-indulgent projects. But I, I also didn't hear. I also heard it was wasn't terrible. Who did you hear that from? Tira. I went up with Tira last Saturday. Right. Myself, Emer, and Tara had a great day out. But Tara had seen Asteroid City and said she and she loves loves Wes Anderson. In fairness, herself and Brian probably put me onto it originally, you know. Yeah. Um. But uh, she just she just felt it was a little bit self indulgent of more self indulgent than his other projects. Yeah, it is. That's really fair to say. Um, it's more self indulgent than his other projects. He. French Dispatch as well is definitely in that vein of things. Um, French Dispatch was self-indulgent, but I liked it. Um, I liked the individual stories. Um, yeah, I didn't realize that was kind of like a short anthology type of thing. Yeah. No, yeah. if you haven't seen it, watch it. It's fun. Um, this, again, lots of nice sets and fun worlds and stuff. But he seems to have picked this sort of character archetype or this performative style that he likes where everybody's just deadpanning and no one's... Like, there's no clear characters. Do you think our podcast would be more popular if we if we behave like that? No. Um, I can give you a flat no on that. Um a deadpan no a deadpan no um, everybody's just no. talking very flatly saying kind of funny things but it's like it's not it's derivative it's just not fun it's just not fun to have everybody being the same um, flat energy um, and sort of I guess it's like watching an episode of the Gilmore Girls sufferable I'm only messing. You love to Gilmore. I'm not messing, but you do love to Gilmore Girls. Gilmore Girls isn't insufferable, and those are different characters. Um, Pit the, they, they, they're, they're, they're patter. They're patter. 
but that's what that's what you're talking about then you you, you don't like that sort of bantery patter um i like it when james gunn does it because it feels natural and authentic especially when uh also snyder does it you know you know what i'm saying <laughs> i think alien just got sick <laughs> No, I'm joking. I don't. I don't like it when uh, Schneider does it. Yeah. Schneider can't do. Let's get Schneider out of our fucking Schneider vocabulary. We've, uh, and we're well, talking Wes Anderson here, so let's stay on topic for a minute. Try, no. Trying to edit the last two episodes is fucking crazy because every time you'd get onto a topic, you'd just see a fucking squirrel, and that was the end of the topic. It was like good. You, hold. The That's fuck. what people want. They want fucking fast. They want. They want things that can be chopped up into TikToks. TikToks. Uh, yeah, so Wes. Yes, yeah. You're like, you're you're getting on topics and then bouncing off them as quickly. And we had that with like, do you remember two episodes ago where we started talking about Secret Invasion? It was the only thing the two of us had watched. But and you, we you, started but talking about it then we were like, you were like, do, do anyway, people, I got a dog. I was like, oh, <laughs> no, but do, do people want to hear an hour of like really like nitpicky complaining these stuff? Well, I could say, oh, it's great, and then we move on. Then what's the fucking point? No, you don't have to say, you don't have to say oh, it's great. I but think uh, we can criticize these what's things. what's good about it. We can criticize these things, but make it fun. Sometimes it just feels like we get a lecture. what's good about it. I, I, I've, I've not seen Astro State. You've seen Secret Invasion. Make I love it, Make a point yeah. for it being strong. Um, I did in the last episode, and if you want to hear my No, I heard the last episode. <laughs> Um, no, go on. I, I want to cut an hour and a half down to fifty-two minutes. <laughs> uh, we tried our best. <laughs> poor you, poor man. Uh, I do feel sorry for you. Uh, but yeah, Astro City. So um, I heard William Defoe not wasn't great in it. Um, that's interesting. Okay, uh, um, Tara didn't enjoy William. And she Defoe's. said she loves William Defoe, and she just didn't find it that compelling or that interesting. In yeah. Story. Well, this, and this is the thing about it. Is, okay, hang on now. Okay. Tell me, what's what's the premise of Astro City? Because I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know. There we go. I thought it, we're I thought talking. It was, you were ready. I thought, it, I thought it was something. That, I thought it was something to do with um, Astro Boy. Wasn't that Astro City? What's that guy, what's that guy from? Um, well, Astro is going to be different than Asteroid. Uh, Asteroid City is a town in the middle of the uh, desert wherein uh, Jason Schwartzman's character's car breaks down with his family. And he has to stay there for a little bit until uh, his father-in-law comes to pick him up. But that is where his son is going to, like, a space camp type of thing anyway. So they kind of reached the first destination in their journey. Um, So there's a bunch of, like, uh, space cadets or or brainiacs kids uh, with, like, Mm -hmm. weird inventions. And that's fun, you know, like the little kid has like a, like a disintegrator ray and one of them's built a jetpack and it's like run by the military um, where they're doing um, military testing and it's the site of an asteroid uh, impact some thousand years ago. And during one of their, uh, one of the ceremonies in relation to the space cadet thing, the kids thing, um, a UFO lands above them and takes the asteroid. Wow. In a very fun, creepy, weird way, um, using animation very nicely. And once a UFO appears above them, the military uh, quarantine the place for a week, so they have to um, spend that time amongst each other. Um, mm, okay. 
so that's fun um and there is there is fun stuff in it and like that's the problem with or not the problem with but sometimes the the trick with Wes Anderson movies is I watched it and I came out of it and I felt a bit cold about it but the minute I'm retelling it to you here I got a big smile on my face because it's kind of fun and yeah. silly and goofy and I want to see some of these scenes again um and Chris was even saying, I think he said it took him three times with Moonrise Kingdom before he was like, I love Moonrise oh, okay. Kingdom. Because um, so, there are nice things in it. Um, uh, so that's that's broadly like the the narrative of it. They, they become this little quarantined town. Um, the sets are gorgeous. There's there's an opening sequence with a train making its way towards this asteroid city and it's, asteroid city is a uh, you know a mist like it's a tiny little dirt road through a diner and a couple of shops you know um, mm-hmm. but the train is like a miniature and the, the environments are a lot of miniatures as well and it looks beautiful um, Willem but there's this also this this layered conceit as well that it's also a um, it's a play or a production going on and then there's this like every so often there's a break in it going you know um brian cranston is this documentarian sort of talking about you know the author of the play asteroid city was writing this and the other and he got stuck in the third act and then he cast this person to play like there's this sort of top layer um theater conceit over it okay well so you're you're meeting the actors and you're learning about the writing process and then it goes into the movie and you're to take it that these are the actors playing the characters. Um, and that's where we meet Willem Dafoe as a sort of... Um, oh, who would be the... I can't think of the name. Like I'm thinking of the sort of like new school, mid-20th century theatre directors of New York that we think of like the... the um, uh, the actor's studio and like Meisner yes. technique and like... The, um, Oh, like these sort of famed theatre directors of the, the mid-20th century. And Willem Dafoe's one of those. And, you know, we meet him sort of running a workshop where they're going to improvise out, you know, uh, things that could be important for mm. the third actor. Like he's trying to work out what this scene will be. So they talk through the intent of the scene and the director's there and what they want it to be. And um then all the actors sort of do a weird improv thing and then that's supposed okay. to feed into the movie when we pop back into the movie. Okay, uh, so I can kind of understand how it may be perceived as uh, a little bit... I think I think when actors and directors kind of sometimes do actor and director stories and stuff, uh, they can feel a little bit insular, which might be constru- construed as in self-indulgent, but, yeah. you know. Yeah, and that that's fair. And the same things to be said for, like, as... Like again, Wes Anderson is a movie and theater director, or, or or like he's a nerd for that stuff. He loves it. Like yeah, of course. And he's he's reflecting that in his work, in the same way that he is a huge fan of the New Yorker, and mm-hmm. like a lifelong fan of the New Yorker and their journalists and the vibe of that magazine and the the golden age of that magazine so when he goes to then make the french dispatch it's a love letter to this thing he loves so yes yeah yeah both of them are particularly self-indulgent um because they are um 
Yeah, they're, they're indulging specific weird things he loves. Yeah, well, kind of, you know, um, it's it's his art. He's allowed to. Well, that's, that's yeah. it. But it's like there was an earlier form of Wes Anderson that was more accessible because his characters were more human. Like when you think yes. of Bottle Rocket, like the two lads were a bit weird, but, you know, you get them and they're a bit distinct from one another and um, they're fun. Yeah, fair. What's up? Um, and what I was going to say to you, so kind of marks out of 10-ish, or would you recommend to go see it? Uh, remains to be seen. Um, <laughs> I would say go and see it. Marks okay. out of 10. I, I'm at a, like, 7 with it because, or maybe a 6, because it just, it doesn't, doesn't, immediately grab me I don't tell you I don't know who I'm telling you to go and watch you know what I mean like mm-hmm. Jason Schwartzman's character is there but is he compelling enough that I want to go and see his story I don't know the kid I don't know Steve Carell's fun um, okay oh yeah Steve Carell's in it yeah Steve Carell was supposed to be Bill Murray apparently but Bill Murray got COVID I think um, okay like it was they were shooting it in 2020 I think as well so yeah it was right in the middle of um, it uh, there was another movie I wanted to talk about, but I can't remember the name of it. Uh, I saw a trailer for it, but I don't know if it was real. But uh, but it looked like kind of like a Wes Anderson thing. What was it? I don't know. It was you on saw the a trailer light- for it, but you don't know if it was real. Yeah, because it was like it could have been an advertisement for the Lighthouse Cinema. Okay, what was it? Describe I, it. It looked like it looked like some weird knockoff Power Rangers. It's like Wes Anderson did the Power Rangers. Wes Anderson did Power Rangers. Where did you see it? Uh, that was it like I saw it on, I, I think I saw it on an ad on like say Facebook or something not Facebook because I'm never on really on Facebook but could have been Facebook okay um, I guess not I do, well I don't know what it is I mean if we've, if we've no information we can't talk about it oh here okay sorry I see it there now Smoking causes coughing. Is that the name of it? Yes. Smoking causes coughing. 2022 film. Review. A group of vigilantes called the Tobacco Forces is falling apart to rebuild the team spirit. Their leader suggests they met for a week-long retreat returning to save the world. Director Quentin Dupieux, distributed by Gaumont, is French. Fumier fait tu sais. Uh? Is this an English remake of a French? No. Uh, no, I'd say it's a French movie. Okay. I'd say it's just it's the lighthouse cinema, you know? Uh, Four Fumer. stars. Uh, that looks crazy. Anyways, yeah. Just, it just reminded me of something. It kind of reminded me of a Wes Anderson does Power Rangers type of thing. Okay, give me a moment. I'll watch a trailer. Um, uh... uh Let's leave it recording. Can you watch a movie called or watch a trailer while I'm watching this for a trailer? Uh, can you watch a trailer for a movie called Apocalypse Clown? Apocalypse Clown looks class. Okay, so Apocalypse Clown just released a trailer, and they are screening at the Galway Film Fla this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, when a mysterious technological blackout plunges Ireland into anarchy and chaos, a group of washed-up clowns are forced to traverse the country for one last shot at their dreams. Um, it's I don't know like in the trailer there's a moment where they're just like there is no uh, 
no uh, entertainment sources anymore and there's no TV and there's no TikTok and this and the other so all this left are clowns um, but it also looks I don't know fucking mental um, it looks great fun though right yeah it looks a like great crack and it looks it looks nicely produced it looks nicely you know has a nice uh, finish to it and all that jazz uh, and um, what's his name is in it Tony Cantwell. Oh yes, Tony Cantwell's in it. He lo- he appears to be in it. Yes, yeah. I'm just looking at the IMDb here, the cast as well. Um, Tara Flynn, uh, Martin McDonough is a clown in it. Um, it looks it's a fun trailer. Is basically where I'm at. I don't know if it's going to be a good film, but it's a fun trailer, and I like we're doing weird shit. Um, Amy Devrune. I don't know Amy Devrune. Um. She was in Jason Bourne. Okay. Um, it looks good, doesn't it? It looks like a bit of fun. Yeah, I think it looks really good. Um, oh, Aaron McCarthy. McCarthy's in it. Emily Brown, Tara Flynn. Oh, Tara Flynn, she's famous. Um, yeah, looks it looks like fun, dude. Looks like a good, could be look like a bit of crack for sure. Yeah, and it's good to see. Um, I don't know. It's good, it's good being excited about an Irish film, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's good to see some familiar faces in there as well. Some local talent. Indeed. Um, I don't know David Earl, who seems to be the lead. Uh, he's the guy that was in... Um, oh my God, what's it called? Uh, he's in a few things. Yeah, uh, He's a British actor. Yeah. Um, That's what confused me for a moment. was like, is this Irish or British? Um, but... Um, yeah, I've, Irish, he was in Brian and Charles, Derek, and The Afterlife. So he's done a good few things with the likes of uh, Ricky Gervais and stuff. Yeah, I, I like that moment in the trailer where the like again the, there is something to a I say again a lot of guys stop doing that. Um, there's a there is something to a deadpan British accent as well where it's like what are we looking at? You yeah, he's like I'm a man trapped in a box screaming. It's like right. And yeah, and the second hand second doesn't help. Doesn't help. <laughs> yeah, uh, people need to watch the trailer. It's very funny. Yes, um, coughing or smoking causes, causes coughing. coughing. Uh, looks wild. Yeah, that does look like a weird mishmash Power Rangers thing. Yeah, I don't know. That's one of those ones where it's like I don't know. Like there's so there were French Power Rangers type superhero teams sent on a retreat, team building retreat. Um, by their boss, a rat. At Schmorfen rat. rat. Uh, by the look of it. Uh, he makes out one of them? All of the uh, sort of quotes on screen are like, batshit crazy, you'll have a wicked time, mad, whatever. Like, yeah, it's one of the ones where you're watching a trailer and it's like, is, is there like a little Power Ranger sequence at the start and then it's them kind of hanging around a hotel the entire time? You know, like, are we seeing all mm. of the Power Ranger content Mm, in, in the trailer, in the trailer, um, so I'm a little unsure. Four four star review though, um, not bad, right? I mean that I guess could be fun. Big news this week. Go on. Fran Dresser, uh huh, is leading the strike uh, of actors. Fran Dresser's uh, 
Uh, actors are now officially on strike in Hollywood and they've ceased production on a few movies and I think Deadpool 3 is one of them. They'll have ceased production on everything, won't they? Probably, probably yeah. Um, so this is on top of the WGA being on strike, so the Writers Guild. Now the Screen Actors Guild is on strike as well, so both of them are on strike at the same time. And kind of quite rightly so. Um, yeah, for sure. Because like with AI now and stuff, they're concerned about things like that, and you know, background actors not having any rights, and yeah, it's pretty crazy. Well, that that the background actors thing, I hadn't thought about that. I saw somebody saying that one of the things they want to do is digitally scan background actors so that they can load their image into a database and just AI them into scenes going forward, and to own, yeah. own the likeness of these people. That's horrendous. In perpetuity and just replace them. So, like people, there are there are um, there are people, jobbing actors or uh, actors trying to make a living and going to auditions who are surviving by doing these background performer roles, and they're proposing just automating them away. But you'll you'll always have people like you know where you know kind of you're striking against these things and I understand that and stuff, but you're always gonna have people that'll be like, Yeah, yeah, also my likeness and it's just like I don't realise I don't think you realise the implications of that and what that might lead to, you know? Hmm. Um I was watching a clip of somebody talking about um that AI coding is pretty fucking good at this point. Mm-hmm. Like to the point where you can go build me a website, or I need a function that these, this, and the other using ChatGPT or something else, and um, the code will be generated within a margin of error that's pretty strong. Yeah. And this person's argument was, within five years, we won't need coders. Ugh. You'll need well, you'll, you'll need somebody to interface with ChatGPT or an AI. That's thing. it. You'll you'll have just people who because like you know I have Chappy GBT or whatever you know. Um, I was testing out there for a while. Uh, it's basically useless if you don't know the proper plugins and prompts. Yeah, yeah, you have to. Like, I haven't like, used it. It's not that it's basically not, useless. It's like no, no, no. If you don't but have I mean, a like, need for it or know what you're trying to do with it. It's yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Like, kind of, there is, but there's a, there's an aspect of it that kind of like there's, there's people who know how to use it and use yeah. it correctly. Yeah. And guess that's what I'm saying. There's like it may you know skill might be a little bit of a, a, a strong word to a degree, but kind of yeah. Okay, you might have on one side of things, you might have like say coders uh, being less and less. But on the flip side of it, you're that, that's going to open up maybe new uh, occupations for people who have to kind of you know yeah. uh, converse. With chat BTT and do all these prompts. Well, that's, blah, blah, blah. that's it. I guess we just need to adjust to the world going forward. I mean, how do they used to program computers? Exactly. You know, how, how were computers programmed in the 50s when it was done on tape? Exactly. You know, like... How yeah, and actually, look, even like if you think about it, the, the invention of the e, the internet and the email and stuff, and all the kind of things that people would have been like, oh my god, that's going to get rid of X, Y, and Z, and it probably has gotten rid of a good portion of stuff. But it's also as much as things close, take, doors close, doors open. Yeah, you know. And like, hey, look, you know, if we eventually become a society that's you know kind of ra- not ran by, but uh, if we're basically become a society that has a utilize ai in a in a good way and it helps the world and society and stuff maybe human beings will have more time to spend together and focus on them their 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 personal lives you know they might have a strike a better balance between work and you know home and hobbies and 
all that stuff, you know? Yeah. You know, but that's me being optimistic. Yeah. Like, it, it's tough because it's like, it's like, yeah, the world moves forward. Um, you just got to adapt to the new... Like, saying it's, like, useless if you don't whatever, it's like, like so is a fucking tool set if you don't know what you're doing, I suppose. You know? Yeah, but, 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 but 100%, dude, like, it is, it is, like, you know, it's not as, like, like basically, everybody can use a hammer and nail, fine. Like, I can go into chat, chat GBT, I can ask some stuff and I can find aspects of it use, useful. Mm. But there's, 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 it's, you know, there's a spectrum of how useful it is per person and to your average person now at this moment, it's it's not it's not so useful. Yeah. You know, but there is obviously smart people out there using these things to do some pretty crazy stuff. Like I I'd have to sit down. I'd actually have to sit down and and look into into it more. I just don't have the time. Mm. Maybe what I'll do is I'll set up ChatGBT. I'll put in. What I'll do is I'll upload all of my WhatsApps conversations into ChatGBT. I put I upload my voice into something else, and then uh, I can just turn off my camera here, and and then be like, oh yeah, guys, I'll do the podcast, and then you're just talking to ChatGPT. AI is scary. Me scared of AI. Nah, don't be. We've all like you know, there's people that are scared of the internet. Rightly so, maybe wrongly so. Who knows? But look, there's always going to be something. Dust. You just got to, you know, focus on the things that make you happy. Go with the flow and don't be left behind. The don't be left Embra- behind things are scary. <laughs> but no, but you embrace these things too. Like, you know, basically you you embrace these things or you try to educate yourself with these things. Like I know people that say when I started in the tattoo industry were very much against, uh, say, the, 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 the use of iPads or rotor machines and blah, blah. And it's just like, but they've made, and the sense of machines and things, but they've made our life so much easier. Yeah. It has not taken away a single aspect of the creativity, which is ultimately what we want. You know what I mean? Like, but people are just being like, no, I'm not going to do Instagram. No, I'm not going to do, I'm not going to get an iPad. And then all of a sudden it's just like, you know, you're, you're, you're not, you're, you know, you're being left behind. And that's only because they, they willfully, chose not to go with 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 some things you have to like you know like i didn't want to go on tiktok i'm on tiktok i've kind of learned that like maybe you know tiktok is kind of fine for kind of you know posting the odd video and stuff but realistically like kind of i'm better off investing my time in instagram like i'm I'm potentially not missing clients on tiktok because i don't think people on tiktok are necessarily it's used differently um yeah, I don't know. I, I I think the TikTok thing as well as much as anything is um, TikTok's very personality driven. So just putting up a reel of like here's a bunch of tattoos doesn't do much, you know. Like it it, it needs the person going, hey, what's up? I'm doing a tattoo. Come and look at me as I do that, you know. Or hey, today oh, I'm God. doing this, or you know. I suppose I have to do it eventually. Like I'm not opposed to it. You just, you just but the thing is, you just like yeah, you know, you have to do these things. Well, you do and you don't, but like... Yeah. Well, if you're self-employed and you rely on it, you do. Yes, that's it, yeah. Um, you got to build your presences. Um, yes, I don't know. I'm going to delete my Twitter. Fair. I'm not using it. Um, I'm on Twitter, but I never used it. Mm. I, I use it to uh, look at other people's art. A very, you know, just a handful of artists have followed on it, but uh, if it's if it's like, I don't even, I haven't been on it in ages. I don't even know if they're still posting stuff on it, to be honest. Yeah, no, I am. Um, 
I reached a point with it where I was just like, I'm way too fucking frustrated with it. I installed Threads. Yeah. Ooh, I'm not doing that. I don't want to get into that. I don't want to be told why I shouldn't do that either. Uh, yeah. It's done. I'm not. I'm not doing it yet. Okay. I'm not doing it yet. Um, I'm not sure that you can. I think I. I, I think I was able to do it because I was in America at the time. Yeah, it's not, it's not being approved here in Europe yet, mm. and uh, it's connected to your Instagram. So if you ever delete threads, you delete your Instagram. Just FYI. Yeah, that'd be fine. Yeah, fair. Um, you know, Instagram algorithm, people are getting frustrated by it. You have the new inclusion of TikTok and then, uh, you know, certainly Western, uh, Western, what would you, what's the word? Institutions uh, are banning t- the use of TikTok and in certain what places Western and unemployees. Uh, like Western institutions as in like uh, some armies and some political buildings and some government bodies and some stuff like that, you know? Okay. Um, like, as in, like, I, I, I know that there's a, I know there's a conversation around what should or shouldn't be banned, and but like, like, well, just let me finish. Uh, sure. Like, 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 yeah, well, let me I gotta call but, you up on bollocks too. <laughs> no, no, but let, let me finish. Okay. So when I, but like, you you do know in the news, I like, kind of like, uh, certain places have banned employees having TikTok on their phones. Sure. Right, uh, and I'm saying Western. I'm just saying Western introductions because obviously it's not an issue in China. It's a it's a first kind of global Chinese or not non American kind of social media, which obviously, you know, America doesn't like. Yeah, and people don't like. I'm not saying anything's wrong in TikTok. It's the same as the rest of them. Yeah. Like, like I couldn't give a shit. But uh, I was going to make a point. Hmm. Ah, it's lost it. Let's go. Take a second. Do I think? That's how the sentence started. Do you think? I can't remember, buddy. Okay. So, like, they've been talking about banning TikTok for a while. And there's been paranoia and fear around that. Um, I know that it's a sketchy app, as much as any of them are sketchy. I think they're all sketchy. In terms of information gathering. Uh, I, like... There is a degree of like, of course, if you're on a military base, or I think if you're on a military base, you shouldn't necessarily have. But I would have thought like, yeah, don't have Facebook, don't have Instagram. Well, this this would be some of the thinking or what I'm getting at as well. It's like if I've got a, especially if it's a corporate or a business thing and you've got yeah. like a work phone, you shouldn't have yeah, playtime exactly. things on there anyway. Yeah. Um, if you're working somewhere that kind of is, is in and around sensitive information, like even if that's in a bank. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Hard to know. Hard to know. Um, I do think... I don't know. I, I, I think that social media is a fucking... Uh, a, a perennial thing to complain about, basically. Um, I'll keep evil. I'll keep scrolling TikToks. I'll keep scrolling Instas. I've got I've got places... I've got, I've got an existence to suffer through, and I'm going to pass the time somehow. I think uh, there's... You know, there's pros and cons to all of these things. If it helps a sad man get through his unbearable existence, that's great. If, if it helps an artist make a living, that's also great. Um, I'm hoping to go and see Mission Impossible either today or tomorrow. Oh, very good. Exciting. If, I'm, if I can stay awake. Um, get, get some schnoozies in today. Uh, I, need, I haven't watched Mission Impossible since Mission Impossible 2, I think. That seems improbable. I started watching one 
And then it was just like, I am not going to... No, no, no. I mean, I started watching one of the uh, recent... I'm sure, my older brother Benny said the same thing the other day. Uh, and I was just like, yeah, I haven't seen the Mission Impossible since Mission Impossible 2. Uh, and Benny actually loved Mission Impossible 2. So it's funny that he didn't see any of them because I thought he would have. Shout out to Benny. But uh, I've not watched any. And I think I watched... I was watching one with Brian and like they were flooding a city or something, but I kind of turned it off. But I thought it was class. Mission Impossible 2 was 2000. And how yeah. do you know Brian without having seen any of these um yeah you should basically it's like it's good no i know i know i mean like they're kind of they're, they're top tier action movies yeah uh that doesn't make sense dude <laughs> you should, i know yeah you should have seen these not should but like um check them out they're good yeah, I know. I think I think if I if I've seen any of them, I might have seen three, but I don't really know. Um, do you know like there? Do you know where there's a Scottish guy and he's a villain? Is he Scottish? I feel like he's Scottish or Welsh or something. Doug Ray Scott. I don't know his name. He looks pretty scary. Okay. Um, I would say. I would say do watch them. Um, no, they're all they're all on they're all on uh, now TV. So yeah, uh, I, so I'll definitely. But I would say watch them in such a way that, like so you get to go and see the new one in the cinema because it looks fucking amazing. Okay. Except that now you've got like four or five films to watch in a week and a half or something, you know. Um, I mean, I could probably get it's Hilly Avil in them. No way. When did Simon Pegg get into them? Uh, around Mission Impossible 3, 4. Okay. I might have seen one with... Uh, I might have seen one with... Um, Simon Pegg in it, but I don't really know. Uh, Vin Reams. I've seen one with Vin Reams in it. Well, he's in the first one. He's in all of them. He's not in all of them. He's, I thought he passed away. No, he's not. He's still alive. I'm sorry, Vin. Yep. Um. Yeah, I didn't see the Henry Cavill one. Yeah, Sean Harris is the guy I'm talking about. Solomon Lane. He's he seems pretty scary in them. Yeah, he's a great actor. He, yeah, he does that sort of terrifying fucking stare into the distance thing. Yeah, um, Mission Impossible 3 in 2006. So Simon Pegg has been in them since. Like, Mission Impossible was the first, you know, it was it was what? It was bringing back a franchise. It's got a Brian De Palma angle on it. Mission Impossible 2 had a John Woo vibe to it because it was John Woo directing. But yeah. from Mission Impossible 3 onward, regardless of who was directing, it became clear that it was a Tom Cruise produced vehicle i know the first yeah. two kind of were but it really became clear that like no we're not letting this go we're doubling down on this this is this is my bond franchise and we're yeah. doing practical visual effects and we're getting big stunts and this is going to be a thing and so it's kind of from mission impossible 3 forward that it became the sort of thing it is now probably in the same way that the fast and the furious and too fast too fast too fast yeah. too furious too fast too furious 
was, you know, like once it sort of found its footing, then it was off. Like, and yeah, um, yeah they they're cool. And if you've not seen them, I'd say, like, if you if you know you've seen the second one, start with three, move forward, because that's mm-hmm. when it really becomes a sort of coherent, consistent world. They start doing things. Um, maybe it's not as early back as Mission Impossible Three. But I do think that they started making the technology that they use as spies more lunatically futuristic because, you know, you watch the first one and they're using laptops and phones and you look at them now and you go, that is technology from 30 years ago. So now they're using things that are like very clearly technology from 50 years from now. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. like contact lenses with full heads up displays on and things like that, you know? Very, yeah. very future techy in in many ways, kind of like I guess, uh, future proof the narrative a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, go see him, I guess. I will. Or did you? You know, did you see Indiana Jones yet? I did. I saw Indiana Jones: The Dial of Destiny. Did you get to see it? I did not. No. All right. I went to the cinema this week with my friends, mm-hmm. but uh, none of them had seen Into the Spider Across Spider Verse, so I saw that again with them. Right. Okay. Well, we've talked about that. Um, yes. Uh, okay, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny is the fifth outing of Indiana Jones in cinematic form, directed by James Mangold. And it brings uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge and Mads Mikkelsen and Toby Jones and... Uh, I'm trying to think if I can think of anyone else who's in it. Into the Fray, uh, it is... A what? It's 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 something of a kind of a, a swan song for indie. It's trying to be a, a little bit of a response to Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, which is much derided. Um, it's good fun, man. It lost the okay. run of itself a little bit towards the end for me. Um, I had an idea in my head where I wanted the third act to go or the ending sequence to go, and then it went somewhere else. And I'm like, oh, I don't. I mean, this is fine. But it's not what I wanted. Um, I had a vision of something, and I won't even go into it because I don't want to color your your viewing of it. The, that's easily done. The uh, face replacement stuff, the the uh, the de aging thing, I think works really well. Okay. I, I did not, at least maybe in the cinema I was in. Maybe it looked better than some other cinemas. I don't know, but I was watching it going, that's Indiana, yeah, that's young Indiana Jones. I'm happy enough with that. There's enough, um, there's enough practical work done as opposed to de aging stuff that I'm fine with it. So when there's stunt work happening, um, there are uh, good latex masks being used. So, like, if, if it's Indiana Jones riding around in a motorcycle, you know, riding past you at speed, you think it's Harrison Ford, or I thought it was Harrison mm. Ford. I, maybe I'm not looking close enough. Maybe Brian's got laser eyes and he'll tell me I'm an idiot, but sure, he does that anyway. Um, uh, so, like, by the time we get to sort of more close and mid shots where they're using CG to make him look young, didn't bother me. And they didn't ask him to do too much physically in those shots. So people point at the scene in The Irishman where he has to, like, get into a fight and he's kicking a guy in the head and it's like there's no movement in the guy's spine like he so rigidly looks like an 80 year old man trying to kick somebody 
But I don't think you have that with Indiana Jones. I think anytime he's asked to do anything crazy, physical, and close up, it looks appropriate for a man of his age. Sure. In distance, when he's running around the place, and like he's like he's completely in shadow, running through somewhere, and like you know, you know, it's a stunt man in a rubber mask, but like, or even a stunt man with CG face replacement. But we've we've seen things like that with. Um, like the driving scenes in Logan, you know, there's some great close-ups of Hugh Jackman driving that car, except Hugh Jackman's not driving that car, you know. Um, it's just face replacement. The story itself, um, some of the chase scenes, because Indiana Jones often is a lot of chasing around the place, some of the chase scenes go on a bit long, but there's great locations. Phoebe Waller character, Phoebe Waller-Bridge's character is fun. Um, I, I had a great time with it. Like, again, I, I would have liked... I have a thought in my head for what that third act could have been, and it didn't do that. Um, I think I might have preferred my thing, but of course you do. It's not the end of the world. It's a nice, it's it's a nice swan song for indie. I did hear somebody saying of Harrison Ford's character um, uh, on another podcast, and I kind of agree to some and the things. It's like why must we always come into these characters? being miserable you know like we left we left Han Solo we left Indiana Jones and we left Deckard Deckard in Blade Runner Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of any other Harrison Ford characters but we left them riding off into the sunset Um, Deckard a little more uh, in the grey area of whether or not he was going to have a happy ending but like why do we come into why do, Why must we come into a mid-70s Indiana Jones living in squalor in an apartment in New York City alone and depressed and miserable? Like, why couldn't he be... Yeah, why, 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 why if he's such, if he's the hero, like, technically, and these are, like, you know, our stories, why, why isn't he happy? Why can't we come to a, come to a happy ending with it, you know, like, or find yeah. him living his sort of happily, like, just being older and a bit bored, you know. There's a moment in Indiana Jones and the Dial of the Destiny where uh, John Rhys Davies is there as Sala, and, you know, Indy has made it possible for him to move to America, and he lives in New York with his family. And as he's, it's in the trailer, so I'm not giving anything away, but as he's sort of yeah. bringing Indiana Jones to an airport, he says, I could come with you. I miss the desert. I miss adventure. I miss the sea. I miss the. I miss what each new day will bring. So what we've got there is a man who's happily living his life with his family in America, who wants to go on one more adventure. Yeah. As opposed to Indiana Jones, who's you know alone Miserable. and his wife has left him, and he's like, you know, he's gone from being this sort of beloved swashbuckler kind of. Yeah, and like you, you think of that moment where he's. You know, it's a very contrasty thing where we see him teaching for the first time in Raiders and everybody's staring at him lovingly and he's just yeah. like got a full class full of attentive students to 1969 in, America, in a New York college, a room full of people who are half asleep or stoned, not paying attention to an old man talking about a thing he's passionate about, you know? Yeah. Um, so I do think there is something to... I don't know. In in all of these instances, can't we just find one of these characters living well and getting brought on another adventure? Why do we have to keep finding them being miserable? But, um, like I said, I did have fun with it. And he's not even... I think there's something as well, part of what I like is he's not played for jokes. Mm -hmm. Um, There are... Like, one of the problems with Thor 
in like Love and Thunder is he became this fucking punchline to everybody else's competence. Mm-hmm. And Indiana Jones gets overlooked and dismissed by the young. So I'm thinking particularly of a chase sequence that they have riding around. You see it in the trailer as well where they're, they're driving around. Oh, I can't think if it's Marrakesh or wherever it is in this tuk-tuk. And Phoebe Waller-Bridge is like, go this way, go that way, do this, that and the other. And he's like, I know Marrakesh. And they think he's an idiot, but like he actually, no, we watch the chase play out. And it's like, no, he gets them where he needs to get them quicker than they would have mm. got there. Um, mm. They don't really address it and go, oh, I was wrong. But like you watch yeah, them but- thinking he doesn't know what he's doing and he does, you know, which is cool. Um, so I had fun with it I would recommend going to see it I also I'm having second thoughts about Kingdom of the Crystal Skull like I saw it in the cinema and the world hated it and I've watched bits of it since and gone you know that bit's kind of fun and that bit's fun like as much as nuking the fridge is ridiculous that's a fun sequence when he gets to the college and meets him and there's the chase through the college campus and he's dragging around behind the motorcycle that's a fun sequence. Um, but, like, kind of, Nazis had their face melted off by the Ark of the Covenant in one of them, right? First one, yeah. Yeah, and it's just kind of like, you know, Indiana Jones hides in a fridge during, a, during whatever. It's like, not the not the biggest reach. Oh, no. Um, I mean, look. The fr- like they're kind the, of, they're fantasy movies. Yes, they're fantasy movies. That is the most fantastical thing well I was going to say that's the most fantastical thing that Indiana Jones has ever done but as I think about it he they bail out of an airplane in a fucking rubber raft and land in a river and float into Italy into India in it if you remember mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. like it is hard to watch that moment where because I, I put it on on the airplane because I saw they had it on the way over here and I was I was like he gets he finds himself not on the site of a nuclear explosion but in a town nearby where they're testing what the like a, mm. a dummy town nearby and he gets in a fridge that is lead lined to avoid the radiation but it is launched into the sky and off into the distance a mile away and there is a part of you that has to go that, that human being is <laughs> a milkshake well yeah. he's definitely human soup definitely a couple of broken limbs on the other side of getting yeah. thrown uh, thrown a kilometre or a mile away by the fucking thing but go and watch it again when he gets out of that fridge and walks up that hill that rise to the flaming mushroom cloud in the distance and he's silhouetted against it with the hat like Janusz Kaminski as the cinematographer it's a beautiful shot and it is like like they had that in the Raiders thing as well like when they're excavating the tomb finally and you see people working and Indy puts on that hat against the sunset um, it's there's some beautiful cinematography at play uh, Ray Winston get fucked um, that character I know that that character annoyed the hell out of me the first time I saw it where he's like nah I'm a double agent what were we in Russia I was a triple agent remember when I betrayed you but I wasn't betraying you and it's just like I, I just remember that happening too many times. I got annoyed by it. Um, too much CG. But like I, th- I think Crystal Skull's just kind of sitting in the place that Temple of Doom did for a while. Um, mm. It's the least favorite of a fun adventure movie series. Fair, fair, fair. 
Yeah, doesn't take away from the first ones, I guess. Yeah. Go see Dial of Destiny. Watch Young Indiana Jones. Try and find the versions where there are movies and have Harrison Ford in it. Yeah, there's there's one or two of them, isn't there? Yeah, and there's a version where he's 95 in it. You know, like yeah. he's an old man. And like, I don't know why they haven't... Those were fun. I don't know why they've really uh, removed those versions. Mm-hmm. Mm, interesting. Hmm. But you can't watch them anywhere. I I haven't seen where you can watch them. I tried. I torrented all of the Young Indiana Jones stuff to try and watch them recently enough, and they weren't part of those. Interesting. And they're on Disney Plus now without the the bookend bits. You know. Oh. Um. I liked those. They're, so yeah. for the listener, they're the Young Indiana Jones, as they were originally broadcast or released, um, I'm trying to remember, in some places they got cut into two one-hour things and released as a TV series, and in some places they got, like, released with these, like, opening sequences where, you know, a old man's telling a young person a story and it ends with them going, ah, blah, blah, you know, but it's the old Indiana Jones telling whatever, you know? And there's at least the one of them where, you know, it's you know, the 50s and Indiana Jones is sitting in a log cabin somewhere and he tells a story about when he went somewhere else and it's Harrison Ford, you know? Um, which is cool. I like those versions. Interesting. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. What have you been watching? Because you've definitely had something on the telly during the week though, right? Well, like to see the last, like, uh, I'm sure you know, the last couple of weeks or there was a while there where I wasn't really watching much because we were out and about so much. Mm. Uh, and then the last three or four weeks it's the last three or four weeks yeah at weekends uh Ian and i have been we're like we're basically having an absolute great time but uh going out doing things in our local area meeting up with friends during the day you know like kind of like full days of mm. like good good food good banter good crack good events um i went to decaf last was that last yeah, saturday yeah, I um went to decaf last saturday that was fun but um i'm trying to think uh, what were we watching? I feel like we were watching Deadlock, which we finished last week. But I'm trying to think, were we watching anything this week? But we're, we're literally kind of going like, oh, we're not really watching anything. I've started one or two things and didn't last with them. There was one called Tiny Beautiful Things. Didn't didn't get into it. And um, there was another one called... Um, and th- Tiny Beautiful Things, I think, was okay. But it just, just it didn't grab us at least enough to kind of warrant watching the rest of it. Um, we were watching, there's a show on Amazon about a woman who gets kind of released from prison, starts a masseuse place, accidentally kills somebody. And I've heard good things. Dolores, I think Dolores something it's called. I'm not too sure. Was I telling um, you about that? What was no, the name of it? No, no. It's, uh, it's I, Sweeney Todd. Yeah, it's Sweeney Todd, basically. Yeah. Um, and uh, I started watching that and I was kind of into it. But uh, we started watching Our Planet. With David Attenborough. Okay. That's pretty good. But the, the his voice is so low compared to the music. Now, it might just be my TV, but I find it very hard to hear what he's saying. But I'm hard of hearing anyways. But uh, but no, this thing, dude, we have not, we have not, like, kind of been like, yes, let's sit down and watch this and get through it. Mm. There's been very little of that. We've been very busy. We we obviously were on different schedules and all that jazz. Um, but uh, we've been quite busy the last couple of weeks doing stuff. Mm. yeah uh, I've had not much of a chance to watch anything um, and to be honest like at the moment 
like kind of we're perusing Netflix. Like there's so little on Netflix that I want to watch. Well, that's this is this comes back to the let's pick a fucking thing and watch it rather than I know dude. just randomly. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I agree. And but I'm, I've always I'm doubling down on that now that I'm back in the country. Is we need a yeah. we need a like homework is the wrong word because I know that Brian bristles at it and it, he won't do it in that instance. But like, let's pick a thing. Yeah, you've got um, Plex. Let's watch the game. The game, Michael Douglas, eighties okay. thriller. Let's watch the game. Okay. Yeah, fair. Sound. That sounds good. You and I um, are watching that at least for next week. Okay. Also, I have been reading Age of Apocalypse. Let's let's that, let's get that going. Yep. Cool. Because okay. I have been reading it, and I'm I, it's 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 kind of a fun like what the fuck, you know? Uh, yeah. I'm trying. I'm going to try and read a little bit more comics as well. I know you don't want to be a comic book podcast, but I mean, kind of like where guys play video games if, if and we watch if movies. You've, if you've a segment, I like yeah. structure. Yeah, me too, buddy. I think uh, I think that's where we're lacking. Yeah, I think we're just aimlessly like, coming in, and I like structure. Let's we'll just pick a movie. I, I, okay, so we're so for next week we're going to watch the. Hold on, I'll pull it up on IMDb. Um, we were just looking at. Um, what fucking movies of history to watch um did you did you watch the episode where um or did you listen to the episode where chris and i talked about i didn't listen to any episodes uh for a little period because i was afraid of flash and spider-man spoilers right hey super superheroes <laughs> are gonna punch I, one another and then they're gonna win not all the time they didn't win in i always forget the name of it infinity war didn't they though they didn't though did did you come out of Infinity War going? Well, they're definitely not going to win next time. Yes, yes, I was shocked. Yeah, shocked, rattled to my core. Um, I, as much as I don't want spoilers on things, like, like, okay, what what's the spoiler of the Flash? Wonder Woman's in it. Uh, what's the spoiler of the Flash? We see other Supermen. I mean, they could be for some people. You don't get to decide what's, yeah, what's spoiler in the podcast. <laughs> um, I do off. listen if, to if, if you're if you're if you're this far into superhero movies and you're still being spoiled by, I don't know, like there are films, of course, where you know there's a massive narrative spoiler that'll give stuff away, but a Flash and a Batman movie isn't going to be the fucking one. You know what I mean? I know, I know what you're saying. Yeah. I know what you're saying. Superhero movie's going to superhero movie. Um, the Game, 1997, David Fincher, Michael Douglas, Deborah Carunger, Sean Penn, James Rebhorn, Peter Dunn, and Carol Baker. Uh, after a wealthy San Francisco banker is given an opportunity to participate in a mysterious game, his life is turned upside down as he begins to question if it might really be a concealed conspiracy to destroy him. Okay, very cool. That sounds good. 1997 Fincher movie. Um, yeah, I never saw it. I never saw it. I that uh, Brian must have seen it, so I can't imagine he won't want to either watch it or be able to talk about it. I know most of you don't want to be like a Marvel podcast, and I don't want to be a Marvel podcast either because you know I'd like to. He hasn't watched Peacemaker. Peacemaker is a great show, but um, just that structure was great. And the fact that it was more contemporary was great. Well, 
It wasn't, it wasn't, because th that's specifically the show that you're getting, that's specifically the content that you're getting into that is spoilery for people, because it's a week-on-week -week thing, and it makes us a thing where people are afraid to watch, listen to the episode, because if we're going to talk in any way in-depth about a thing, we're going to talk about spoilers. Yeah, but, okay, well, I don't mind, I don't mind talking about spoiler stuff. Yeah. As long as the three of us have seen it, because it makes it easier for us to talk about, and then you can just... Uh, caveat the episodes with like sure. this is spoiler heavy yeah. and that's fine that's fine yeah. and I think just like that, that, that but, then but, I'm fine with it dude but that's why you know? I'm, that's why I'm more like this movie is 1997 Statute of Limitations of Spoilers is up fuck yes, we're exactly. going to talk about it let's yeah. pick fucking films like let's let's come away from watching a film let's come away from a week there's no reason why we aren't getting through 52 episodes a year coming away with 52 films that we didn't see from the last hundred years as opposed mm, to mm. we saw a new popcorn movie, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I do have a day plan next Saturday with Mark Stokes where we're going to meet up early and for some reason Mark, and like I've, I've agreed to it and we're going to do it, Mark really wants to watch all of the um, Fast and Furious movies. You're going to watch the Fast and Furious movies? Yeah. From scratch? Pretty much. Okay. Okay.